Hello and welcome back to the PAL with Tani G. I'm your host, Tani G. Questions, comments, suggestions are always welcome at MaximumTEE at Yahoo.com. We're coming to the end of the fifth paragraph. Fifth chapter, really, fifth parak. We have a few more to go, and then the sixth is a short one, so we're going to round off the season two of the PAL with Pricker Elf's Treasury again in a little bit. In a couple of days or a week or so, we're going to take a brief hiatus, and then, God willing, Blinette will finish off season two. We'll come back for season three, hopefully with using the Yad Avraham from Art Scroll as well. We are in 520. Hey, Chaf, let's talk about disputes for heaven versus not for heaven. Any dispute that is for the sake of heaven will have a constructive outcome. Some people say Sofal Hiskayim will in the end endure, but this translation says constructive outcome. V'she'ena l'shem shemayim, one that is not for the sake of heaven, ain't Sofal Hiskayim, will not have a constructive outcome. Some people say it will not be able to endure. What sort of dispute was for the sake of heaven an example of such a dispute? This was the dispute between the great sages Hillel and Shammai. Which was not for the sake of heaven. So this was the dispute of Korach and his entire company. If you look closely at the wording, I saw this in the past when I used to go through different commentaries in Perkeavos. Look at the wording between the difference between a good machlokas and a bad machlokas. It says machlokas Hillel v'shamay, the dispute between Hillel and Shamay. But then it says machlokas she'enel shem shamay, machlokas Korach v'chol adaso, not how the story plays out. The story is that Korach gathers about 250 followers, including the tribe of Levi. He gets people together. He argues against Moshe and Aaron, Moses and Aaron, saying that they, God forbid, took the leadership for themselves and that they didn't bring glory for the rest of the congregation. They couldn't give it to other people. Korach wanted it. He was a cousin. He wanted the leadership. He tried disproving Moses by bringing a talus, a prayer shawl full of blue, asking if he needed a blue string just to make him look bad, God forbid, just to try to argue. But it doesn't say the Machokas of Korach and Moshe, the Machokas of Korach, Moshe, and Aaron. It says Korach and his entire company, which could treat, which could clue us in that him and his own company were not even on the same page. He was basically arguing against his own company. Some commentaries say that Korach and every person in the company were all arguing amongst each other, just trying to get greatness for themselves. So when you don't have a dispute for the sake of heaven, every component will be under siege. Every component will be under fire. When there's not a united front, a united type, type of argument for heaven, then it's just going to be deconstructing all over the place. That could be a way of looking at it. Let's see what the Perkeavos treasury has to say. So any dispute for the sake of heaven has the constructive outcome. Rambam explains that the constructive outcome of a dispute for the sake of heaven refers to the fact that even the view of those whose opinion is not adopted will be remembered and discussed. Many times we go like Hila, but we always remember what Shammai says also. And in the six instances that Shammai wins and we go by Shammai, we also remember what Hila says. And they used to marry amongst each other and they were friends with each other because even though they argued in the sake of Torah matters, 
they still respected each other, they still talked about each other's topics, and sometimes they even quote the other house's opinion before their own house. Mach Servici explains the term sofalis kayim. Literally, the dispute will endure when people argue in search of truth rather than out of contentiousness. Excuse me, Shabbos, for example, if you look at the Gemara, their words will be lasting and productive. In the category of an argument for the sake of heaven, Mach Servici includes one that results from constructive criticism. When one gives such advice out of concern for the other with no hint of self-glorification, it will achieve its goal by finding its place in the other person's heart. And according to Rav Yonah, the mission refers specifically to debate on Torah topics. Those are the ones that will endure. Their sincere involvement in Torah will add years to their lives. Test for the sake of heaven. The Zohar explains that even the evil inclinations continual dispute with the force of spirituality in the world is for the sake of heaven, and this is why the contestants endure. In order for man to receive true reward in the world to come, he must choose to do good in spite of the blandishments of the Satan, and so the latter is ultimately in the service of Hashem. Like a king who hires a woman to seduce his son and then instructs the son not to fall prey to her wiles, God created an evil inclination and then gave man the Torah to instruct him how to avoid the pitfalls of evil from Mikveh Yisrael. An enduring dispute of Zorach Adalts offers a homiletic approach. The limits test which determines if a dispute is for the sake of heaven is whether or not it flares up again after it has been settled. If it is indeed for the sake of heaven, Sofa, its resolution, Leskayim, will endure. An argument which people engage in for its own sake will be reignited in time. Furthermore, if the dispute was sincere, the disputants themselves will become good friends. The Talmud teaches that even if a father and son or teacher and student become enemies, quote-unquote, through debate and Torah topics, they'll ultimately become Become friends, quote unquote, again by reaching agreement, seek kedushin and meiri. It's not for the sake of heaven. It will not have a constructive outcome. When people argue in order to exert control or triumph over each other, the argument will not have any constructive outcome from Machsarvich. According to Rav and Rav Yonah, refers again to the disputants. In a controversy which is not for the sake of heaven, the disputants will not survive. On the contrary, they will perish in the very first round at Korach. Even if only one party in the dispute was selfish or has selfish motives, nothing substantial will result. Only when there is a common goal shared by all can a controversy produce enduring positive effects from Tiferes Yisrael. The sort of dispute that was for the sake of heaven was Hillel and Shammai. They were the prototypes of disputants engaged in debate for the sake of heaven. In their halachic disputes, they were concerned not with triumph, but with a sincere search for the true understanding of Torah. In spite of their disputes, they enjoyed amicable relations and lived in harmony and true brotherhood. See Yivamas. And the Talmud in Sanhedrin teaches that in tumultuous times after Hillel and Shammai, students could not spend sufficient time studying with their teachers. Their lack of internship resulted in increased controversy over authentic halachic tradition. It is for this reason that Hillel and Shammai, rather than their respective disciples, are considered the exemplars of proper conduct in dispute from Tolstos Yom Tov. At the bottom, of Yitzchak Hutner suggested that this mission may refer to various pathways in the service of God, the Hasidim and Misnagdim, the separatist German orthodoxy of Rabbi Samson, Rafael Hirsch, and the opposing school of Rav of Wurzburg, the deep piety of the proponents of the Muslim movement and their opposition all sought the will of heaven. Their contributions to the full spectrum of the Torah, Waltown Shung, therefore live on. And which was not for heaven, the dispute of Korach and his entire company. Korach incited the Jewish people to rebel openly against Moses and Aaron and overthrow them as the leaders of the nation, in spite of the fact that he was their cousin and fellow Levite. As is typical of would-be usurpers who must attract a popular following, Korach poses a champion of the people, 
tried to discredit Moshe and Aaron. He accused them of selfishly taking power, God forbid, and prestige for themselves at the expense of the rest of the nation, which was full of people as qualified as they. Then he continued to carry favor with the masses by saying, since all Jews were equally holy, Moshe and Aaron had no right to take for themselves the two highest positions in the nation. Korach's own resentment began when Aaron was made Kohen Gadol, or when their cousin Elifa's son of Amihud was placed in charge of the Kohenet family from Numbers, thus making him Korach superior and giving him a position that Korach felt should have been his. At that time, however, Korach did not dare criticize Moshe, was so beloved by the people that they would not have tolerated any resistance. But after the fiasco of the spies and the decree the entire generation would die in the wilderness, Without ever seeing the Holy Land, Korach took advantage of the national unrest to foment rebellion. This is a clear example of controversy not for the sake of heaven. Korach and his clan came to undermine Moshe and his position only out of envy. And it was not out of good things. It was contentiousness and the desire for victory from the and Rab. Therefore they perished and the rebellion against Moshe died an eternal death with them. They had sought honor and power for themselves, but instead they died an ignominious death. We should always try to have only arguments for the sake of heaven in peaceful and calm ways and try to search truth in the proper ways and not in the bad ways, God forbid. We should be zochat to only peace always. Join us next time as we talk about influencing the masses to become meritorious and what happens if someone can do that here on the PAL with Tani G. And I'm your host, Tani G.